every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for a little What's Going On here on The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Brought to you today by our friends at Davis Vision. Davis Vision summer LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out today, davisvisionmd.com, or call 801-253-3080. That is Davis Vision. You ready, Gordon? I am ready. Let's do it. Let's start with DJ and PK. They talked this morning about what BYU, um, uh, what does BYU have to do with the Pac-12's reputation? Yogi Roth, Pac-12 network analyst, been on our show many times. The most knowledgeable guy about the Pac-12. If the Pac-12 wants more respect this football season, do you agree with analyst Yogi Roth that the Pac-12 cannot go 2-3 and three against BYU? Most definitely not. That's not the primary standard. What is Secondarily, I agree. But primarily, what the Pac-12 is going to be judged on is not the record versus BYU or not the record in the 10 Mountain West games. Primarily, it's going to be judged on, do they get a team in the playoff? And if, if a team gets in a playoff and runs the table and does what LSU did a couple years ago, well, then every else is just details but yeah i disagree if the pac-12 doesn't have a team in the playoff comma again then the first thing that's going to be trotted out is what was the pac-12's record against byu what was the pac-12's record against the mountain west and if there are embarrassing numbers there people are going to look at them and say see if you have a losing record against byu or a losing record against the mountain west now also the two notre dame games will be trotted out you got marquee games with uh, washington and oregon going uh, to play michigan and ohio state so those games uh, so there's multiple things that'll be checked, but absolutely, Yogi's right. One thing that'll be checked is, how does the Pac-12 handle BYU? And if they're 2-3, and three, and people are looking to make the case that the Pac-12 sucks, that will be paraded right to the top of the flagpole. See? BYU will play a significant factor in the reputation of the South Division. They're playing three teams that are generally guarded 1-2-3. That is how they will be picked in the preseason. Yeah. I think it'll be SC, and then you can flip-flop. The other two. Yeah. Right. And then it'll, there'll be a big break, and UCLA will be 4, and Colorado 5, and Arizona 6. So, they've got to go 5-0 and against BYU. No, they're not going 5-0 against BYU. Who's BYU beating? Arizona. Arizona and Washington State seem like the two most likely candidates because the other three of the three you mentioned. They look like harder games. But Arizona and Washington State, BYU can get a game or two there. They can. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah no and question. I think they will. I think, I think they can get a and game I think, the other three, I think you too. believe that, too. You're not going to sit here right now and say, BYU's going to own five against Oh, no, 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 not right. at all. Not at all. Not but, at all. But, if we but I'm looking at it anything. from the Pac-12's perspective, not the BYU perspective right now. I can change and flip and go the BYU perspective, yeah. but I was looking for the Pac-12 perspective. Okay, but I think even in the Pac-12, if people Four are being and one. totally honest. 4-1. and one. Okay, yeah, I could say in the Pac-12, maybe they're saying that. But in the Pac-12, they're like, Arizona's a long way away. That dude's got some heavy lifting to do. All right, I can concede that. And and BYU in the opener, they're favored. They should be favored. But the, I mean, the, the yeah. thing about that, it's the opener, and it's one of the talking points right off the bat because there's not a lot of talking points. So if Arizona comes out and gets rolled 45-7, to that's a bad look on the Pac-12. Now, all of us who follow the Pac-12 and Arizona, we understand they've lost like 12 in a row. But I don't know how many people look at that. We're looking at not us. We're looking at the way they look at us. Yeah, I just don't think people look at Arizona. Yeah, but I mean, conversely, I would say that BYU, as they try to back up the big season, people aren't going to say, oh, they beat Arizona? See, they're great. 
great. People can look at it and say Arizona. But that timing of that game, there's not a whole host of big games, obviously not a host of conference big games at that time. So it's a matter of, I think I put more emphasis on it because of the timing of the situation. And it's literally might be the first game in which they have fans in that stadium in Vegas, right? This big, beautiful stadium off the I-15. We've all seen it. And right there, just uh, south of Tropicana. And that might be the first game that people are in that that thing for football. I'd have to double check that. Uh, So my point is, there's going to be a tension on that game. And it still looks bad if a Pac-12 team goes in there and gets hammered. Recognizing that Arizona is not the standard bearer, (laughs) I fully understand that. That first weekend... Stanford is at Kansas State. and I think that's in uh, Dallas. Double check that. You're right, it is. It is. And LSU plays UCLA at the Rose Bowl. Right, so they're going to they're look that's at it. That's where so the, everyone's going to be looking. If UC Los Angeles gets hammered and Arizona gets hammered and Stanford should lose, oh, man, already they're 0-3. That conference sucks. So Arizona is, if it was in November, it wouldn't be near as big of a deal. But because of that, yeah, we look at that. First impressions. First impressions. Right. Where Arizona doesn't have to win by any stretch. But I'm saying if they get beat by 40, then it looks bad on the Pac-12. But I'll grant you, Arizona can lose that game and the Pac-12 can be just fine. The Pac-12 has a couple couple games there that are far more interesting. And week two, Oregon goes to Ohio State and Washington goes to Michigan. Oh, talk about rooting for my enemy. (laughs) Jeez. I'm going to go out of the country that week. Oregon and Ohio State. (laughs) Can you guys play a scoreless tie? <laughs> hey, DJ, give them a nil-nil over there. I hate this. Uh, so, yeah, there, there'll be all this stuff. But I think that uh, I'm looking at SC. Primarily SC, SC will and get Utah. Judged, SC will get judged on style points right out of the gate playing San Jose State. Well, they're judged every week. I mean, yep. they, there's only one coach in the country who's playing for his job every, every single, single week, week. And that's Clay Helton. And they'd better win by 30. Yeah. And look good doing yeah. it. I mean, it's a joke. Right. I don't know why that guy continues to do it. <laughs> I mean, go to like Akron or somebody <laughs> and coach football. Coaching football is coaching football. Yeah, don't put up with all this drama. Yeah, I mean, it's nonstop. Yeah. Every single week. It's one thing or another with that program and that team. But see, he's got a jersey attitude. How sweet will that be if he wins a conference title? Well, he's done that, and that hasn't changed anything. And how sweet will it be? It doesn't change anything. I know, but it's still sweet. Like, all you people Yeah, it's sweet for an hour and a half, and then you go on to the, what are you going to do next week? Why are you in the playoff? (laughs) There's just enormous pressure on this man because he's not Pete Carroll, and he's not Tom Cruise or some Hollywood sizzle dude. Yep. He's a football coach. I find myself rooting for For him. For him. Yes. Rooting for USC makes you feel dirty, but rooting for him. Not as dirty as it used to be because I'm not down there anymore, uh, so I don't have that axe to grind like, <laughs> I, like I did when I lived there for a decade. SC, uh, SC fans. Yeah. I'm nothing. glad I didn't live there in the 90s. That would have been brutal. Uh, or I mean, after that when Carol had it going on. So with that in mind, uh, I think that BYU, and I agree with you more. SC, and Utah right? huge. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, spirited conversation this morning about the Pac-12 and BYU. What what do you expect BYU to go against the Pac-12 in the five games? I don't know. I, I But I do agree with what those guys were saying, that uh, from the Pac-12 perspective, those are important, important games for, the, for them to win because uh, if you're trying to build a reputation, you can't just do it within the conference, especially the teams that BYU is facing, USC, Utah, especially Arizona State. I mean, those are, those are teams that 
want to rise to the top of the Pac-12, and if uh, if you want to impress the committee, then you've got to you've got to beat BYU. So well, well, who's well? Of course, you impress the committee because the committee only comes into play if you've lost like one game all year. <laughs> so I. I, I don't know how much importance for the conference their record against BYU is. I think it's way more important for BYU to have a good record against the Pac-12 than it is the Pac-12 to have a, a good record against BYU. I, d- I don't agree with the premise that they started with that Yogi Roth threw out there that, wow, if the Pac-12 doesn't make the the playoff, people are going to go right to their record against BYU. No, they're not. Well, he's talking about if they're successful within within the conference. I so that know. that part of it's already implied. How many people actually who who watch college football have any idea that BYU has five games against the Pac-12? He's talking about people who are evaluating, even them. <laughs> See, I, I kind of thought they were disagreeing with Yogi. Didn't you took it that they were Yogi championing it was, that? It was very important that they do well against BYU because people are going to focus on that. I thought DJ right out of the gates said no, absolutely not and. And disagreed with it, but Jake, I'm a little surprised to hear you say what you're saying because I thought you were of the opinion that every regular season game matters, regardless of who's playing who. Well, to to achieve what end? I mean, well, I think that's that's part of what makes college football unique, and it's getting less unique by the passing year, but still does exist certainly. So, to win the ultimate prize, you've got to pretty much win all of uh, all of your games. I just don't think. I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't see the Pac-12's record against BYU as some sort of measuring stick for the Pac-12. Every game don't. is a measuring stick. To a certain extent, okay. But do you really think that people after the year are going to be focused on the Pac-12's record against BYU this they, year? If, if USC has a great year and, and and they beat everybody in the Pac-12 but they lose to BYU? That's not the what we're talking about here. We're talking about the league's record against BYU and whether or not that's relevant. Well, I'm looking at them individually. I I noticed that wasn't the the concept. That's not what we're talking about. Mm, yeah, I. I, I and by the way, how much would, how that... how much would that loss to BYU really matter? USC, if they only lose one game all year and it's to BYU, they've won the league outright, and they're well, certainly in the expanded playoff they're in. But I would certainly think that in the fourteen playoff they'd be in too. Yeah, I don't know. But but really, I mean, whether they're undefeated within the conference, whatever it is, that game, BYU is a quality opponent that will pose a threat to these teams, or at least, yeah, I think it will. I think the Cougars I, I, will pose a threat. I didn't say anything threat. to the contrary. And so, and, and so they, from a Pac-12 perspective, it's an important game. Yeah, I don't think so. But from a BYU perspective, I think it's important. I mean, I think the the P5 games, all the P5 games that they have on their schedule is important for their credibility to win as many as those as they possibly can. I, I think they're going to get at least two Pac-12 wins this year. Um, uh, the third, I, I don't think I'm going to predict them beating Utah. I don't think I'd predict them beating USC. But depending on what version of Arizona State you get, I mean, maybe they could get the Sun Devils. I mean, you never, not, you know, anything's possible in a rivalry game, so I'm certainly not ruling that out. But I would expect BYU to get at least two, if not three, wins against the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, I could see, I could see that happening. And I think that would, I would consider that a success, given where BYU's at as a program and the talent that they're replacing. Well, yeah, and, and well, look, I, I think 
until Utah loses to BYU, then you would pick Utah to win that game. But Utah's going to lose one of these years. Oh, I agree. They're, they're going to lose. and so. But based on what the teams are bringing back, I don't think it's going to be this year. It could be. It certainly could be, but I mean, exactly. BYU is going to be better than you're giving them credit. For I don't know. They see uh, that's the they could be mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I I'm not going to dig my heels. There's in some talent I, in I, that program they, that goes beyond Zach Wilson. I agree, but I mean Utah the year after '04 when they were replacing the number one pick in the draft in Alex Smith, it was not as smooth as yeah, uh, that, a lot of people expected. One hundred percent. I'm just saying you re, you replace a quarterback like that. Gordon, you're you tell me all the time that the quarterback's the most important position in all of sports. It is. And they're replacing the number two pick. And I realize they have some experience behind them, but it's not the number two pick. So that's that's a big question mark. Yes. Yeah, it but could. Zach Wilson wasn't the number two pick before the season started. So you don't really know for sure what you what you have. True, but, but we you, knew he but, was good. We knew he was. We really didn't even good. know he was going to be the starter. I, I, if you bought that, okay. But I, I'm just going off of what uh, Arod said. Yeah, I know. You I, think he was lying? Oh, I think that Zach Wilson beat USC the year before, and I think that he they knew he was a really good quarterback. Well, Bill, I love Romney, how you jump. Beat, Bill Romney beat some good I teams, he, too. He beat Boise State. I love how you jump right to the lying card, as if these coaches don't throw out coach speak <laughs> that benefits them personally. Or, you go or right is to it, the, are you calling him a liar? Is it really a lying? If, I'm gonna, let's call A-Rod. Let's get him on the line and tell him Jay called him a liar. Is it lying if A-Rod believes it? Right. Well... <laughs> That's an interesting philosophical question. I know you know what I'm saying that he knows. (laughs) Yeah, I I just think BYU, I I was, uh, for a while there, I think they had a talent deficit. But uh, but I I was impressed with some. Those running backs are really good. Tyler Algier is really good. And, you know, they've got some studs along the offensive line. They've uh, added the Nakua brothers to the uh, receiving core. They're tight ends. Uh, Matt Bushman, uh, the, the loss of him before last season, ended, will end up being a blessing for them this year because they've got some talent there. We'll see how it goes on the defensive side of the ball. But uh, BYU will pose a threat. Uh, you and I do agree that BYU will pose a threat to some of these Pac-12 teams, including Utah. I'm not picking BYU right now to beat Utah because you you got to see it to believe it. But it's going to happen one of these years, and I don't know which one it's going to be, but it, it's not a given. No, but I think they'll beat Arizona because Arizona is way down. Washington State was better last year than we thought they were going to be. Where but is that know. game up in Pullman? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's up in the air. But at, at the moment, I, I would think BYU has uh, more than a fair shot to go in and win that game. So, you know, I think they're going to get at least two. two and I think that. the Utes are going to be good, too. I mean, it's it's no slight against Utah to say that BYU poses a threat uh, against them. Uh, I think I may pick the Utes to win the South. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that goes. All right, we'll get to the other part of what's going on. Uh, Hanson Scotty had a really good moment talking college football as well. We'll get to that right around the corner. But joining us now in studio, of course, he's our good friend, Mike, from Any Hour Services. What's up, Mike? Oh, you know. <laughs> are, you, are you ready for football? Am I ready for football? Yes. Yeah. Always ready for football. We're not that far away. Uh, no camps open in you have what, to, a couple weeks? If you're not always ready for football, 
Are you really ready for yeah, football? You're, do, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, so can we talk about something that actually happened to me uh, when I came back from vacation once? Yes. What What happens when you go you down? Have my blessing. <laughs> no, this is this was uh, the, I Are came you... <laughs> I came back to my no I'm not going to include that detail. I came back from a, a, a vacation, and uh, we went downstairs, and uh, the air conditioner was like not only frozen up but like literally for like ice on the the like unit and it, mm-hmm. you know it was hot everywhere in the house but not the air conditioner which was indeed ice so yes. what, what's that all about so <clears throat> that's something that uh is more common than than you might think oh good <laughs> so um so what happens is well first of all it can be caused by a couple of different things it can be any it can be something as simple as a dirty filter uh, you might have a dirty coil it could be refrigerant issues it could just be uh, that you've got a bad TXV but what's actually happening is the refrigerant gets so cold and in order for it to work the way that it's supposed to, you're supposed to move a certain amount of air across. And if something's not happening or the refrigerant levels are off, it starts to get so cold that the condensation coming off of that coil, it starts to form ice, Mm. which reduces the airflow, which causes more ice, and it just gets worse and worse until you end up with a block of ice like you have there down at the unit, and you can end up with ice all the way out at the compressor outside. You know, I just want to explain to our listeners, uh, Mike used the term TXV, that, that for the those who don't really know about these things, that's a valve. It's a valve. That's very true. I <laughs> I heard your like little keyboard over there, like TXV. I can sound smart here. Well, I, I love how specific the definition was. Too. That's, that's a, a valve. valve. <laughs> yeah, but when he said that, you looked like you didn't understand. Well, well, no, no function, no where the valve is. None. Just, just simply, that's a valve. Well, the valve it can be in different places depending I see. upon. Okay, all right. Uh, if, <laughs> it, hey, with this, uh, with uh, the iced over AC unit, it'd be a good excuse to to call for the tune-up. Yeah. Well, first off, if you do find that that happens to you, uh, shut the system off and let it start defrosting because okay. a technician does need to like have it defrosted in order to start his troubleshooting and things. So uh, turn turn that off, let it defrost, call somebody and get them out. And yes, that's a tune-up would be a great thing to, to call and schedule at that particular point. But again, when you call in, you want to have a open conversation with them and be like, hey, I need to schedule a tune-up. My system just froze over. Right. That's not normal because when you call in, Every question that we ask, every bit of information that you give us, it goes into factoring which technician we actually send to your home. And so if your system needs a tune-up and it's been having issues, we're going to send out a technician that's got more experienced troubleshooting that can perform the manufacturer stuff, but also can identify some of those harder-to-find issues that might be happening. And so normally we charge $99 to come out and perform that service. It's well worth it at that, but tonight's own listeners aren't going to have to pay $99. If you call tonight, you'll lock in a $70 savings, and you'll be able to get it done for $29, and that includes our no breakdown guarantee. So if you're having issues, it's that's a, an even better thing. Yeah. Like, hey, like let's get this maintenance done, and they're going to guarantee me that it doesn't break down. And if it does break down, they're going to give me the money back that I paid for the tune-up. Like, how does it get no risker than that? It's a no-brainer. That was a horrible way of saying yeah. that. <laughs> Gordon, how would you, in your technical way, say no riskier? 
I think he, what you said is just fine. Nailed Perfect. It. All right, here's the number, 801-443-7400. Call any of our services right now. Save 70 bucks on that air conditioner tune-up with their no-breakdown guarantee. Mike's throwing in there. $99 value, only 29 bucks. Got a call tonight before 7, 801-443-7400. 801-443-7400. You can also jump online, anyhourservices.com. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. We More. should have a contest that Mike comes out and visits, uh, you know, uh, the winner gets to have Mike come, you know, work on that. Like personally? Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know uh, if you want that. What kind of contest? I don't know. Don't you think people would like to meet Mike? Well, yeah. I mean, Mike's a celebrity. There's no doubt about yeah, it. I mean, he's a star of uh, radio well, and screen. Or maybe but... he could go with the technician out there. And you know. I think less risky is the term I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I just and, like and he's that, a linguist. I just like it that you're volunteering Mike's Mike's time. Like, you know, in fact, you know what? If, if Mike comes on every visit, why not? You know what? If they get to see, come see Mike. If they, if Gordon will meet me there, like we'll we'll do a. a <laughs> oh, there I it. see, I see. Yeah. Now that you volunteer incentive. me, I'll volunteer you. <laughs> yeah. you right. Get your tool belt, Gordon. Here you can trust Mike. You're going hey, in. He's, he's Don't hold your breath. Eight zero one four four three seventy four hundred eight zero one four four three seven four zero zero. Any hour services. More next ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. This is DJ and PK. Somehow, BYU 2021 has to justify 2020. This season that they have, the angle that's going to be taken is unlike any angle that has ever been taken in our market because they have to justify this year and justify last year, even though last year is done and over with and they had the number two pick in the NFL draft, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. We're still going to hear C or BYU is going to say C. I know what I'm going to hear. <laughs> I just don't know where I'm going to hear it from. You're hearing the same word. But the inflection of the word. See? See? Exactly. Precisely. That's exactly how it's going to play out. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Well, it's the M.I. Cricket Letter. Ain't no one better. And when I'm on the microphone, you best to wear your sweater because I'm cooler than the polar bear's toenails. Oh, hell, there he go again. Talking that shit. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Presented by Big O Tires. With the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires. The team you trust. Easily my favorite Outcast song. This really? One, this one goes out to Mike, our boy from Any Hour Services on a Total Request Tuesday. It's a great, great. This is song. your favorite Outcast yeah. pick. Wow. Mike picked this one? Yeah. Shout out to Mike. We're going to temperature related songs. Did you, say I've got I'm colder than a polar bear's toenails. Which is a great line. <laughs> it is amazing. It's a great line. Amazing. Yeah, but does a polar bear have toenails? Yeah, and they're cold. Quite chilly. Do they have toenails or do they have, like, claws? All right, listen, Jack Hanna. It's the same don't, thing. Don't ruin a good lyric, man. I <laughs> uh, want to remind you to join us coming up uh, the big show this Thursday at the Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Prices so low to blow your mind. The Warehouse. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to part two of what's going on. We, uh, we got caught up. Uh, DJ and PK had a really interesting conversation and... Uh, I think we furthered that conversation. Let's uh, let's now check in with Hans and Scotty. Hans wanted to clear up a tweet about BYU football. 
You know, it's interesting. Sometimes you send out tweets and, you know, it just kind of goes out in the universe and nothing happens. And then sometimes you send out something and yeah. uh, it kind of sticks a bit. Yeah, it sticks and it starts to get response. And I'm just kind of curious about it all because you and I have been talking about this for a while, going all the way back to 2019. I think the BYU fans are really confused on the way BYU's offense has flown over the last two seasons or one and a half seasons. But there was an obvious shift. And, Scotty, you probably remember going back to 2019, coming out of that Boise State game. Yeah. And this is me having no real insight or knowledge other than watching the complete format of a game shift and change and then starting to really drill down and ask questions of players and players' parents that are on the offensive side of the ball trying to get to the bottom of why things flowed the way they flowed. And it all came back to Aaron Roderick, who was the passing game coordinator at the time and Jeff Grimes was the offensive coordinator at the time. So you go back to Boise State 2019. They get that win at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Boise State was a ranked team at the time. Is that the one they needed Baylor Romney to come in? That is the one where yeah. Bailey, Baylor Romney came in and remember they started launching it. Yeah. Romney threw for 225 yards in that game and uh, Matt Bushman had one of his best games as a tight end for BYU and it was a huge moment but it was an obvious pattern shift. And remember, BYU had started that season 2-5. and five. Yes. They had lost to Utah. They lost to Washington. They lost to Toledo. They lost to South Florida. There were a lot of people that were upset because they had thrown in a USC victory. Yeah. And a Tennessee victory in those the two. It was that 5-2 and two start with two Power 5 wins, but just ugly losses to Toledo and South Florida. And then everything shifted and changed against Boise State. As you mentioned, they brought in Romney. Romney went off, got injured. Utah State, you had Hall, but you had a similar format, and they beat Utah State 42-14. It was a really good win for them against Utah State. And then they went on a five-game win streak to nearly end that season. They thought they'd lost one to San Diego State there. but And then you go into 2020, the COVID year, and everything was similar. Well, talking to parents, talking to players, talking to sources that are close, it's been Aaron Roderick since Boise of 2019. Yeah. And I sent out a tweet yesterday that said, I can't recall being more excited for a college football season. New quarterback, new OC, even though A-Rod called games last year. And I just had people reach out to me. I had a couple of direct messages. I had a couple of people reach out and say, hey, man, that's a pretty bold tweet. It, you know, I've, I've got enough insight on it that I don't think it's a bold tweet. I no, actually it's think not. it's accurate. Yeah, I think it's really accurate. So I wanted to kind of address that because I, I felt like there was a, a buzz around it that was inaccurate, and I just wanted to reinforce it. Yeah. So I think that this is great. Great news for BYU fans because since that time, Scotty, they are 16 and 3. Going back to what's that again? October 19th, 2019, they are 16 and 3 since Aaron Roderick took over play calling duties. Wow. 16 and 3, bud. Losses to San Diego State. They did lose to Hawaii in the Hawaii Bowl and when in you, Coastal Carolina. Honestly, it's pretty fascinating when you think about it because when you lay it out like that, even more than just the A Rod sub story, you start off 2 and 5 after a year. The, the year before they went what five and eight they played 13 games that year i think they went five and eight the year before and then to start off the next season two and five like that seat that kalani was on was scorching hot and 
then the reversal of fortune to beat Boise and then to essentially run the table outside of the San Diego State game. Yeah. And then the season they had last year. It's pretty amazing what they've been able to do. Yeah, there's been a really big shift. And, and, you know, I keep my fingers crossed that offensively, you know, now, and I'll, I'm going to just throw this out there because I think a lot of people are curious on what their quarterback situation is going to look like. I know that Aaron Roderick is familiar with Jaron Hall, his yeah. attributes, his capabilities. But there's one thing that was really noticeable. Now, I'm going to put a lot of this weight on Zach Wilson. Zach, I think, developed into who he is a lot because he is Zach Wilson. Yeah. And he chose to do what he needed to do to become great and a first-round selection. But he did have somebody that was in the background, behind the scenes, that wasn't talked about. You know, everybody wanted to talk about the road trips to Beck, and everybody wanted to talk about these quarterback camps and classes. But it was the day-to-day coaching of Aaron Roderick that I think developed him over those two seasons. Even when he wasn't calling plays in the beginning of 2019, he was working with Zach Wilson as a quarterback. Out. Yeah. And Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney. And Baylor Romney. Yeah. So I think one of the bigger storylines that BYU fans need to be watching this year is Aaron Roderick taking over as offensive coordinator with Fessy Sataki as his right-hand man. And Fessy is a, an absolute brilliant mind. And I'm, I'm hoping that that offense can continue the momentum. I'm hoping that Hall can develop and put everything he has into it, like Zach Wilson put into it, to become a similar quarterback. I don't think that he's got the arm ability, the accuracy and arm ability that Zach Wilson has, but he can be a very intelligent quarterback. Well, and that's where you hope the legacy of Zach Wilson pays off a little bit because there's quarterbacks there, even Conover that's just off the mission, was still around the program all of last year, correct? Correct. And so you hope that the legacy of Zach Wilson in, he put in this amount of work and he had these results. Now, granted, there's not much you can do about God-given talent and the DNA that Zach Wilson brought to the table. Yeah. But what you do know as a player, like, I saw the work he put in. Right. And I know the success he had. 100%. I could, if I do that, I will have a high level of success, and that will right. carry over. I watched the process. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to clear up that tweet. And by the way, that's not to take anything away from Jeff Grimes. No. No, that's no, not, not at all. No, because, it, you know, those two are collaborating and working on blocking schemes. The upfront schemes were as important as the way the game was called. I'm talking about the actual call of a game in a third and 12 situation when you've got to get a first and extend a drive and you know you're seeing that fly sweep or you're seeing something crazy that's Aaron Roderick and his mind his play action format the way he'd work play action and you know what we saw after that South Florida game going into Boise State we saw the RPOs nearly thrown out the oh window. yeah yeah RP- RPOs became a thing of the past really for yeah. for BYU football Hans Olsen clarifying a tweet I think BYU's offense has slowly been pried open, and uh, it's a good thing. And A-Rod told me he was going to do that, you know, <laughs> and he has. So it's 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 fun to watch. I mean, it's fun to watch when it's done right. And that lofty record, uh, what did Hans say, 16-3? and three? Well, that might have been helped a little bit by last year. And well, having, eleven and one, and I mean, having a basically all-American at quarterback, yeah, that helps. Yeah, it does. It helps to you know be able to open up when the quarterback can you know sling it. Yeah, 
But I think other quarterbacks probably could sling it too. It's just interesting the different mindsets of offensive coordinators and uh, and head coaches. Uh, you and I have talked about how the Utes seem hesitant to do that sometimes, and I think they'd be better off by actually doing it. I mean, it helps if you have a star, but uh, I think there's there's a lot of kind of serviceable quarterbacks out there who could probably do it. You don't depend on them to throw it 60 times a game, but you you depend on them to keep that defense off balance a little bit. There are guys capable of doing that. And some some offensive coordinators are pretty hesitant to do so. So you think, and I think Travis Wilson was weirdly underrated in a in kind of a way. But you you think Travis Wilson should have thrown it more? Probably. Hmm. But see, That's there's bullet take. Well, I mean, there's you know, there's there's a you could send a message, don't turn the ball over, and when a quarterback is thinking that all the time. Then he's, I mean, I go back to watching Ty Detmer when he was piling up all those numbers. Well, he threw like 28 interceptions, you know. I mean, he threw a lot of interceptions, but he was given the green light to to wing it around. And he ended up throwing for a zillion yards. So uh, I, I think the overall effect that a coaching staff has on a player can be detrimental to their ability, especially quarterback, because you've got to be able to have the confidence from the people who are in charge to allow you to be somewhat, not a gunslinger, but, a, a, you know, be able to go out there and not worry so much. So if A-Rod were in Utah and they recruited Zach Wilson, you don't think he'd be the number two pick in the draft? Uh, I don't think he would have had the numbers that he had at BYU. That's not what I said. The number two pick in the draft. Uh, I don't know because the pros study study the abilities of these players pretty closely, and maybe maybe that would have come clear uh, in their scouting evaluations. But he wouldn't have had the numbers. I want to remind you about our friends at Homie, finally the way real estate should be, full-service local agents, and you'll save thousands. Homie, a better way to buy or sell. <laughs> we'll get to more coming up next. What did he just say to you? The Not Sports Report. What did he say to you? He didn't say anything to me. He did? No. No, it's the whole sell-sale thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. You were laughing. So, little, I, you know that uh, you you know this uh, that Austin can talk to me without you knowing it. I didn't know that. Yeah. And he can talk to you without me knowing it. That's correct. I don't know if I like that. And I can talk to him without you knowing it too. What? Huh? See, when I talk to you individually, it mutes the other guy out. So what Jake just said, you only heard what I was saying. Gordon. Yes. Yeah. So sometimes I, when I, I'll sabotage you. So that's what Austin's got going on. He's he's kind of playing you and he's playing me. Thank you. And he's playing us against each other. We'll have uh, the Not Sports Report. You should hear what he said about you. I mean, I don't you want know, to break your heart. Coming up next, 97.5 and 12.8 The Zone. The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz, but the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA Draft 
to free agency and on to the summer league. The Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey guys, Jake here from my friends at Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. And hey, declare freedom from dirt, spills, and pet accidents this July with Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. We know July is also for celebrating hiking, boating, and all things fun in the sun. So keep your weekend easy and let Zero Res do the uh, the hard work for you with their patented process. First, they use the ZR Lifter. It has a counter-rotating brush and pulls all of the gross hair and dust stuck deep down into your carpet fibers where the vacuum doesn't stand a chance. Then their patented wand rinses your carpet fibers uh, while simultaneously sucking the water back up, meaning they won't flood your carpets. And last but not least, Zero Res uses only uh, powered water to clean, which means no harsh uh, soaps or gross chemicals left behind to actually turn into residue that attracts dirt back into your carpets. The result, your carpets stay cleaner longer. You've got to experience the Zero Res difference, and they're uh, busting out a great deal for Zone listeners. Let them prove it to you. Just $33 per room of carpet clean plus a fourth room for free. So uh, appointments fill up fast. So call them 801-288-9376. That's 801-288-ZERO. Or you can go online, ZeroResSaltLake.com. Or up north, it's ZeroResDavisWeber.com. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Give us your song slash bands that mention some form of temperature. Okay, that's good. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. So it can be either the name of the song or the name of the group. Or if the song talks about something cold or hot or whatever. Yeah, yeah temperature, you know. You so know. for instance, like, uh, is it James Brown that did Hot Tub? Or is that the name of the song? Hot Tub. Yeah, remember that? Not really. Never heard of it. Okay. Heard of James Brown. All right. uh, Shout out to Bill Bob on Twitter who said, This is what Gordon's referring to. Apparently, you're referring to a uh, parody done on Saturday Night Live (laughs) of Eddie Murphy doing James Brown. (laughs) James Brown's Celebrity Hot Tub Party, SNL. (laughs) Okay, so so it's not a song. It was a parody. What about that James Brown classic hot tub? Hi, I'm Casey. And did you Kasem. see the way you looked at us like yeah. these young whippersnappers they don't just, know James they Brown? They don't know good music. <laughs> don't have time for them. I mean. One, two, three, four. This is your jam, Gordon. My jam. This is it. <laughs> the, James, the James Brown classic. <laughs> okay, it's time. <laughs> the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out online, lhmusedcars.com. Where are we going today, Gordon? We're going to the moon and uh, and back. And we're going to Florida. I got two for you. Uh, today, what was it, 52 years ago, 1969? Was that 52? 52, is that right? Am I counting that right? Yep. 52 years ago today, man landed on the moon, not in a studio in South Dakota somewhere. And Our, not 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 just kind of maybe made it out of the atmosphere and then turned around. But, 
Yeah. <laughs> Not uh, didn't go really, 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 really high, and then say they went to the no, space. But, they yeah. went all the way to the moon, and Neil Armstrong's famous first words when he landed on the surface, uh, he said, "Jake, I'm Gordon Monsey." <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know what he uh, said? A small step for That's one giant small step. step for man, but giant right. leap for one mankind. One giant leap for mankind. Yeah, great. Did he write that down Jim Nance style yes. beforehand? Yes. Probably, yeah. Takes yeah. away from it, doesn't it? No. Oh, yes. yeah, it does. Oh, no, no, come on. That's a monumental moment where he had to get it right. Well, the hubris and that was it takes a, that to was think, a, that was a great gonna... thing to say. But when I was a kid, I, I didn't understand that. I, I, I needed someone to say, uh, for a man, you know, just because I was I was only, you know, 35 when it happened. So I, you know, wasn't sure about what he was getting at. But anyway, that's what he said. Do you guys know where the... Uh, the landing took place. Yeah, the Warner Brothers Studios. <laughs> the dark side. <laughs> the sea of tranquility. That's where it happened. And do you know the other guys who the other guy who walked on the moon? Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin. And there was another astronaut who happened to be up in a module or up uh, flying around, uh, you know, waiting for the guys to get done doing their thing. I always felt bad for him because he didn't get the glory that uh, Buzz and Neil Armstrong did. Do you know his name? No. Mike. The other guy. Mike something. Michael. Rode a boat ashore. (laughs) Collins. Mike now, for many hour service. Did you ever? Did you ever have a, a buddy that uh, was you know, like driving uh, your group or something around on a Friday night and just bounce? And wouldn't it be funny if Mike was like, "Well, jokes on you guys, I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> oh, he should have at least made it look like he yeah, was good. Like, huh? See ya. Didn't they have? Wasn't that kind of dicey getting that thing back off the surface of the moon, back up there? I mean, didn't it, it, it it's space. A little bit. It's not like going to the car wash and back. So, okay, how sure are you that it actually happened, or is there a part of you that thinks it was staged? Because there are people out there who really believe that, or at least they say they do. Austin, what percentage are you putting it at? How do you For me, ex- it's 100%. That it was staged? That it was I'm absolutely true. How do you explain the flag waving? Uh, there is an explanation for what that. What is it? I can't remember what it was, but it made sense when I, See, I, when I heard it. I, it happened. I'm surprised by your 100%, to be honest. What, what are you putting it at? No, I'm, I'm at 100%. I'm surprised by yours. Why? You believe that uh, yes. that aliens. aliens are walking among us and and yetis no, I are, never are said next that. door. I never said that. I this, said that there may be other beings somewhere else other than this planet. This crazy annoying. I didn't stuff. say that they were walking among us. It's not like men, men, uh, whatever it is, men in black. One farmer overdoes it one night on grain alcohol and thinks he sees something, and all of a sudden it makes the not sports report the next day. It's guaranteed. Yeah, it was somehow faking the space landing is off the table. But you Are know, you 100 percent, Austin. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. It happened, folks. You can take great pride in that. Uh, and so today, think about that a little bit. As Jeff Bezos, he's back now, right? Jeff is back. He, he only the he whole landed. thing only landed lasted 12 minutes. So, <laughs> so we're comparing uh, a really great achievement with uh, uh, an expensive one. Jeff Bezos is Batman to Neil Armstrong's Superman. 
One has superpowers. One's just really rich. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. And then there's this from Florida. I wanted, I, you know, I had a, I had a bike wreck uh, a year ago. It was a year ago earlier this week. And so I have empathy for those who have uh, suffered such a thing. But this, this guy in Florida, he had it worse than most. Um, so this, this guy was riding his bike, uh, and he was going through a Florida park. It's called uh, Hapatioki Regional Park. Nailed it. In Stewart, Florida. So he's riding, Stewart. So he's riding his bike, and he lost control. And so he falls down an embankment. He just tumbles down the embankment. If this ends with him dead, I'm going to be. No, it's it's not a tragic ending, but it is a scary one. He tumbles down the embankment. That would be a cold, dark death, wouldn't it? Next to a body of water. And as he sprawled out on the grass there, a nine-foot gator jumps out of the water and grabs his leg. Which leg? Dominant or? I don't know. He was able to break free, though. That's the good news. And he was aided by a bystander who pulled him away from the gator. So, I mean, can you imagine that? It's one thing to, to, to crash your bike. But then... I mean, on top of that... Yeah, they're very different accidents, aren't they? A gator attack? <laughs> it's one thing to crash your if bike. You, if you saw this in a movie... It's another to think... lose your leg to the croc. <laughs> this is just another reason why I don't ride bicycles. What is this, Arrested Development? That's why we don't ride bikes. That's exactly why we don't ride bicycles right there. <laughs> there That's might it. be gators. Anywhere. There could have... Anywhere. Stupid. Scary, scary. But the good news was that he did, he did get away from the uh, female gator who uh, had an appetite. Mike's uh, jumping on with us now for many hour services. Uh, you grew up kind of down in that part of the country. I did. It, it, did you ever see a gator? I did. Well, did yeah, I'm sure you by one. <laughs> did no. you ever crash your bike into gator infested beaches? Uh, no, I did not. We had bayous though, and we used to go swimming in them. The closest I ever came to like being that close to a gator is we had an old aluminum boat that my friend's granddad gave to him no motor or anything so we'd push it into the bayou we'd get in and we'd go swimming we'd check our jugs for jug fishing and stuff and we'd get out well, and like we'd jug fishing you never so you just take a milk jug and uh-huh. you take you know what a trot line is yeah okay well i mean you just you hang a line from the jug and that way if the fish hooks onto it your jug is still floating in the water and you go check your jugs and and if you've got a fish you can just buy a little a bob bobber to do that well that's what you do if you're setting poles up from the from the dock Uh like you put your bobber in the water Uh but if you're going to leave the jug there a fish could easily take the the bobber off really far and the jug is easier to spot okay and people get really upset if you check their jugs. Like, they, they initial them yeah. and mark them, and they'll, like, watch for you. Anyway, they get... Hey, that's my garbage! <laughs> I, I was just uh, I was surprised that uh, Mike didn't hear what you said right there, and Gordon and went, wow, we've been doing it wrong all these years. I mean, uh, a bomber! <laughs> what, is, what, what do you know? Do you ever have anybody steal your jugs? No. Oh, there no, it is. no, no, I just... Oh. 
Yeah. Did I miss a? Did I miss a? I missed the joke. I guess. No, no, no. So when you came face to face with a gator, did it did it freak you out? Okay, so I didn't actually come face to face. So there was this little island in the middle of the bayou that uh, we were we were swimming and pushing the boat, and when a gator growls or does it's like this really uh, deep growl. Anyway, I heard that from the other side, so or we heard it, and then you hear this splash going into the water. We quickly jumped into the boat, and we paddled around to the other side of the island, and uh, where a gator goes in and out of the water, there's like a, a slide, like a mud slide, where the grass is like gone. It's just mud, and it was fresh. And so, anyway, we didn't get back in the water that no. day, but we never actually saw the gator, but it did make me a little, bit, a little bit. It made me question my life choices <laughs> at that point. I get that. How old were you? Uh, probably, I don't know, 11, 12, something like that. Wow. Uh, we're talking air conditioner tune-ups today, mm-hmm. and uh, you've mentioned uh, a few times uh, that uh, it's best to get it done once a year. Yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit about that because it, it goes right to uh, today's good deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, manufacturers, the reason they recommend it is because they, they believe they make a good product, but they also know that in order for it to perform at its potential – you need to take care of it. And so there are things that uh, that need to be done because they want it to last as long as possible so that if your air conditioner does break down, then you're more likely to request that particular brand again. And so um, to that point, if you if you don't like the idea of having to replace your air conditioner, you're like, oh, that's a lot of money. I don't want to do that, or I want to put it off as long as possible. The best way to put off having to replace it is to take care of the one that you got. Yeah. So, like, invest in the maintenance because the maintenance is the least expensive way to get that thing to last as long as possible. Is there a good time of year to do it? Well, I say that the best time to do it is when you're thinking about it because manufacturers don't specify whether you need to do it at the beginning, middle, or end of the season. And we've found from talking to people that, um, you know, it's like Gordon mentioned earlier, and and we all know that we just kind of forget to change our air filters, right? And unless you have a wife that has it programmed in her phone she's and, like, on. takes care of it, right? Yeah, we don't Every three months. Right? <laughs> so, so, so anyway, but it's just one of those things, like, an air filter is probably the least important thing that we have on our mind. So is the maintenance. And so we just kind of forget about it. So that's why I say the best time to get it done is while you're thinking about it. Plus, when you can save some money. So you kind of killing two birds with one stone tonight. Bucks. Well, and the guarantee, yeah. right? The the uh, the no breakdown guarantee. Yeah, there's so many reasons to call tonight. One, if you if your air conditioner is getting a little older, if you haven't had the maintenance done, if you want to just take advantage of this no breakdown guarantee, all of those are good reasons to call. Normally, we charge ninety nine dollars to come out and go through the system top to bottom. We check the refrigerant, the components. We perform the manufacturer's recommended maintenance and inspection items. Tonight, you're not going to pay $99. Just for calling tonight, you're going to lock in a $70 savings regardless of when we come out. So if you want to schedule it three weeks from now, we'll come out three weeks from now. But because you called tonight, you're only going to pay $29. And that $29 also includes that no breakdown guarantee. But you have to call tonight. All right. Here's the number, 801-443-7400. You heard Mike. You're going to save $70. On the air conditioner tune-up with their no breakdown guarantee. That's a ninety-nine dollar value, only twenty-nine dollars. But you got to get on the schedule before seven tonight. 801-443-7400. 801-443-7400 or schedule online anyhourservices.com. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome. All right, we've got Bowler coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. 97.5 and twelve eighty the zone. Now let's get this party started. 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. John Morris, play-by-play voice of the Baylor Bears. You mentioned Charlie Brewer. What kind of quarterback is the University of Utah getting? And uh, were Baylor fans surprised that he decided to transfer away? Well, they're getting a great guy, number one. I love Charlie Brewer. Hated to see him go, but I sure understood. I think he just needed a change of scenery, and I'm glad he landed there. It seemed like a really good spot for him. Charlie is going to give Utah fans and everybody that watches them, he's going to give them everything he has. He plays really hard. He's very smart. Uh, I wish him nothing but the best. I wish he was still here with us, but for whatever reasons, you know, he's moved on, and I hope he does well for the youth this year. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.